Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Here's What I'm Seeing, conversations from the front lines of life and leadership. I'm your host, Adam Tarno, and today I am joined by my friend, Will McElroy. And the only reason Will is here in studio with me today is because he's 22 years old. So how does that make you feel, Will? <laughs> hey, I'm here. That's all that matters. That so is. I'm glad you have me. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not lying, guys. He really is. He's 22 years old. Uh, our paths have crossed, and we've talked uh, over the past few weeks. And um, and I really like this guy. He is bright. He thinks about leadership and communication and productivity just like everybody uh, that listens to this podcast does. And so he and I were having a, a conversation the other day, I think on email, even really talking about your generation, mm-hmm. right? You're a part of this generation yeah. or Gen Z. Right. Uh, you're kind of on the really, I, I think that we'll get into some of the dates here that really anybody 26 years old and younger right now mm-hmm. is a part of that generation. Yeah. And so you and I were just starting to, to have a conversation about, hey, this generation is moving into the workforce and they're a little different mm-hmm. than some of the other generations. And I said, you know, this is going to be great. Let's get you on the podcast and let's get you talking about this. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. So we're going to do something that I've a term that I've learned from Jeff Straza, who's usually on this podcast with me. Uh, we're going to reverse mentor. And so here I am today. I am not 22 and I'm looking right. to you and I'm saying, help me out. All right. Help me out. Help the listeners out because I think most of the listeners are over the age of 22 to this podcast and we need some help. We need some help understanding this new generation that has come into the workplace or has come into the workplace over the last couple of years. We've got four generations in the workplace right now. And uh, so this is Jean Twenge and her breakdown. She's a, a researcher out of San Diego State. She's written a lot of books, Generation Me, Narcissism mm-hmm. Epidemic, and her latest one that came out a few years ago called iGen. She, she, I'm going to just use her breakdowns here yeah. on, on the generation. So you got baby boomers, 1946 to 1964. Are your parents in the baby boomer or the Gen X generation? My, they're they're cuspers, you know. They're, they're my cuspers. dad would probably be a baby boomer, and my mom is that uh, that Gen X, probably leaning okay. that way. So very good. Yeah. Okay, all right. So baby boomers, nineteen forty six to nineteen sixty four, and then Gen X is nineteen sixty five to nineteen seventy nine. That's what I am. I was mm-hmm. born in seventy five. Millennials are nineteen eighty to nineteen ninety four, and then I Gen. This I generation started in nineteen ninety five through two thousand and twelve. So right now, anybody. Uh, that's a part of your team between the ages of 26 and 22. They're a part of this I generation. And so so we're going to answer the question. Here's the question we're going to answer. What does the I generation want from their leaders and bosses? You've got four answers. I, I think do. this is going to be At helpful. At least four. There's many more, There's probably I'm sure. Hundred. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you just picked out four <laughs> that I think are going to hopefully be uh, be helpful for our listeners. So the very first answer, what do they want? They want us to coach them. So talk about that. Yeah, I think this is so important for us because probably the most shocking statistic I saw just as I was doing research and looking at my peers is how few people my age have jobs in high school. How many, how few teenagers have jobs? So did you work in high school, Adam? Uh, I did. I was, uh, I did, you know, I had like the babysitting jobs and the lawn mowing around the neighborhood, but my first official job was I was a busboy at Chesapeake Bay Seafood House. Thank you very okay. much. And uh, and it was terrible. It was. Yeah. A, it and was, how old were you? I was 17. 16, 16, probably. 17, okay. yeah, because I could drive there. So yeah. I was 16, 17, yeah. Let's see, I did not work in high school. I did like you did. I mowed lawns and worked with my dad a little bit, but I didn't have a real job in high school. None of my peers had a real job. And in fact, in the 1970s, uh, check this out, about 70% of teenagers had jobs. That's, that's, a, that's most that teenagers, lot, right? Yeah. And then do you want to take a guess at how, what percentage now probably have jobs? Oh, my gosh. Uh, is it less than 20%? 18%. Between 15 and 17-year-olds, only 18% of 
those ages have jobs. That is amazing. Which is so few. And uh, just like a funny story, when I was getting to college, I got my first job. I was an intern at a church and we had to start writing postcards and envelopes. Like day three, I was just addressing envelopes and I realized I didn't know how to address an envelope. <laughs> I never had to, you know, I'd never address an envelope. And so I had to ask my boss, I was like, hey, this is embarrassing, but yeah. I don't know how to even like address one of these. And they laughed so hard and made that fun of me. Awesome. Um, and I and I was even thinking this morning on my way here, I, was, I don't know how to write a check. You know, like you wouldn't even think twice, would no. you? But I don't know how to write a check. And oh my God. That's kind of like embarrassing to admit, but I would, I think that a lot of people my age, there's just stuff like that that we don't know. Like yes. if you hire a Gen Z, uh, they don't know what vacation time looks like. They may not know what to wear. They may not know just uh, how to even like write a proper email. Yeah. And so there's little things that just, our common sense to older generations just because they worked when they were 16 and they learned those things early on where we just didn't. And now I want to be clear. I think it's so easy and this is frustrating for younger generations is like we hear just the sentiment from older people. It's like, man, y'all are entitled. Like y'all yeah. don't have to work. Like y'all have it so easy and you don't know anything. And that's partially true. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the reason is is because we're lazy and entitled. Yeah. But instead, we're the most educated generation that will ever be in yeah. history. And yeah. it's because there is such a pressure on us to go to college, to get a degree. To, and to get into college now, you have to have a high GPA. You have to have great scores on your ACT, SAT. You have to have those extracurriculars. Yep. And so that's what's taken the place of the job is that we have a lot more extracurriculars. We have a lot more pressure from schools and getting into college than maybe your generation did. Um, and so I think a good question for you as a leader and just someone who's going to be coaching this next generation is like, how do you get rid of that like uh, sentiment that's like, man, these kids are lazy and they don't know anything instead of and starting to coach us? Yes. And uh, even just hearing the story, Will, is so helpful just to, to hear the stats and to hear why, right? Mm -hmm. That it's not laziness. And that's the story that I think a lot of Gen X, millennial, or baby boomers would go, well, if you haven't worked, it's probably because you're lazy. Mm -hmm. You've been playing video games, yeah. right? Like that's, those are the lies we're going to tell ourselves. But then when we go back and look at the facts, and the facts are, no, it's harder to get in college now than it ever is. And every, anybody who's a college graduate right now just Go and look at what the average SAT and ACT score mm -hmm. is at the school where you graduated from, and I bet you're going to be shocked and you're going to say the same thing I say. I don't think I could get into Clemson right now, right? <laughs> like I got in back when it was easy, and I don't think I could do it now. And I bet most people, when they think about their college, would say that. So the pressure that is on you to study, to get the extracurricular activity, just to be able to get to college so you can maybe have a shot at getting a job. I think that kind of information right there is really helpful to help us be more empathetic mm -hmm. and go, okay, it wasn't because they're playing uh, Candy Crush or whatever the, the game of the day was. It wasn't that they were on their Xbox all day mm -hmm. uh, just having fun. Maybe for some it was that, but it wasn't no, like sure. that for everybody. <laughs> and then just, you know, just really simply just don't assume that they know anything, right. which kind of secretly has been around for generations. Right. I mean, even when I was uh, in the accounting industry and I was hiring millennials to come on and start as a CPA, I knew they knew nothing, mm -hmm. right? And so there were certain things that I knew I had to teach them. And so what I think you're saying here is this may go down 
a little bit even beyond just the basic core competencies of the job. Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid to have conversations about the way they dress. Like, so if they are dressing unprofessionally, tell them. They've probably never been told that. If their emails are all in lowercase letters with uh, with weird spellings and punctuation. No paragraph breaks yeah, and no, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> tell them. Just yeah. tell them this stuff because yeah. they want to be coached like mm-hmm. that because you want to get better at this stuff, right. right? Yeah, which brings us to... Number two, which is uh, give feedback to our face. That's my second principle for you guys and something that like we we want, Gen Z wants, is feedback to our face. And I think the reason we want this is this goes back to uh, Gene Twenge's research where generations, they're marked by cultural change, right? And so one of the biggest changes in our upbringing was the Great Recession, Mm -hmm. right? We maybe unlike millennials, we don't have a a perfect idealistic uh, vision for the future. And we were not told that you can be whatever you want to be, Will, right? (laughs) We we saw pretty young that like, hey, look, I may not be rich and famous, right? Like my parents' house is getting foreclosed. My dad lost his job, whatever it was. Mm. uh, A lot of people my age, we saw that. And we saw that the world is hard. And if you didn't see it then, now you're seeing it this past All year over again, yeah. with COVID. Yeah. Um, and so we want feedback to our face because we know that we're not perfect. We know the world's not perfect, right? And so we love, and this research shows that Gen Z more than any other generation, we like feedback to our face um, and just because we know we're not perfect. And so I think that's a, like in your experience, Adam, what are some ways that you've just seen, like how do you properly give feedback yeah, face to face. Yeah, which is hard. It is hard sometimes. And I think even for those of us that are not the uh, Gen Z or I generation, a lot of us have gotten used to electronic communication. Right. Right. And it's because it's kind of easy. Right. And uh, you can, it's, it's a, it's half of a conversation. Mm-hmm. When I text you, I don't have to listen to your response. Right. I can just say what I want to say. When I send you an email, it's just what I want to say right now. And so we've gotten, all of us have gotten a little lazy mm. with, with our communication from using so much electronic communication. So feedback is hard and you've got to do it with, uh, with compassion. You've got to be able to do it with candor. You've got to care. I mean, that really is what it boils down to is yeah. I've got to care enough about you that I want to see you get better. And now that's going to help me give feedback to you. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting, so when you put this on the list and said, give us feedback to our face, I was surprised. I was too. Because, I mean, the, again, the stereotype and the stories that we're all going to tell ourselves is you guys are the generation that sends 75,000 text messages a day, or right? keyboard and, warriors, you yeah, know? Yeah. And so... Why do you think that is that there is so much online and so much electronic communication, but when it comes to getting better professionally, you want that face to face? Any thought like from your own personal experience, why do you think that is? I think it is we crave what we don't have, Mm. right? You know, we've never had face to face interactions, and that's extreme. Obviously, we have face to face interactions, but so much of my generation's lives has been through the keyboard, through the screen. And it is just so refreshing when someone actually tells us to the truth to our face. I remember I was working a job one time and my boss, he just told me, he said, hey, Willie, you're not the super crazy programs guy on stage. You know, like I'm not the guy who's going to be super funny in skits. And that was hard for me to hear because I was like, I want to be that guy. You know, I want to be the super fun guy on stage. And he's just like, you're not. (laughs) <laughs> and that was the first time anyone had ever told me that, yeah. right? And just being able to receive that to my face was, that may have been one of the first like really feedback, face-to-face yeah. moments I received. And it was so refreshing to hear that from a person I trusted, that I cared about. Yeah. 
and that cared enough about me to tell it to my face rather than just sending it on an email months later. Yeah, which kind of goes back to maybe even some of that with uh, the lack of work experience that you you get feedback from your parents, you get feedback from maybe coaches and certainly like from professors in college and things like that. But a job is different, mm-hmm. right? This is a boss. This is tied to money. This is tied to some identity stuff. This is tied to your future. Right. And there's something about that voice that a boss and a leader can have in the life of a, especially a young professional, somebody new in their career that could be really important, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to provide that feedback. So I like that, uh, that encouragement. So I think to those of us that are not in the iGen, you know, we're millennials, Xers, boomers, and we're thinking about these young, the young generation that we've got on our team. Again, if we're seeing things, have the conversation with them. They're going to, they're going to like it, yeah, they, you know, they, or sure. they're going to at least appreciate it. It may be hard for them to hear at first. I'm sure your emotions were not uh, flying through the roof positive when you got Absolutely that feedback not. about, yeah. hey, you're not the funny guy on stage, you know, um, but you appreciated it, right? Did you respect the guy for the feedback that he gave you? Oh, so much. Yeah, I definitely did. And then I think too, you can, feedback has such a negative, it's such a negative word, right. you know, but on the flip side, there were so many times where he encouraged me to my face, yeah. you know, he said, hey, Will, you're good at this. You're not so great at that, but you're good at this. And hearing that, face-to-face in person is so helpful too. And uh, and so any type of feedback, good or bad, try to give it face-to-face. Yeah. And I, I think you kind of mentioned this earlier. This is a principle that goes beyond generational differences, but this is something that's especially true uh, to Gen Z is we just crave that face-to-face. I like that. Okay, so coach us because uh, we haven't, there's a lot of stuff that we don't know. We haven't had a lot of jobs, and so we need some of the basics. So coach us. When you do give us feedback, and I like how you made a distinction there, positive and negative, mm-hmm. right? Because there is uh, Absolutely. people, you know, they're going to come in. You guys are going to come in and do great things. And so say that. Hey, yeah. you're really good at that. That was good. We need to keep doubling down on that. So give us feedback to our face. Hey there, podcast listeners. Adam Tarno here. We'll get back to my conversation with Will here in just one minute. But I did want to take a moment and let you know about a free webinar I'm hosting on Thursday, April 29th at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. I'm calling it Six Clarifying Questions. Now, this webinar is going to give you six simple questions you can ask yourself to help you communicate with more clarity. I've never met a leader who feels like they are crushing it when it comes to clear communication, whether it be leading a team meeting, writing an email, training someone. I think we all feel like this is an area that we could get better. We all struggle in some way. Well, unfortunately, as leaders, we cannot be mediocre communicators. That's not going to cut it. Our teams need us to be clear. And I think these six questions are going to help you in the same way they've helped me over the past few years. So I've got some good news and I've got some bad news. The good news is this, because it's my first webinar, I'm giving it away for free. It's not going to cost you anything. The bad news is I'm limiting the number of spots. So if you want to learn how you can become a leader who communicates with clarity, head over to adamtarno.com slash events and sign up today. That's adamtarno.com slash events. So the third answer of what does iGen want from their leaders and bosses is this, is to utilize your ability to shift. So talk about that. Right. I think this is something that we love. We love adaptability. And that's just young people in general. Um, but I think it's especially true for Gen Z because our whole life has been shifting just as a, like a lot of younger people are. But for an example is when I was born, Apple, Microsoft, Facebook, they were all very young. YouTube wasn't even around. Twitter wasn't around. Reddit wasn't around. Right. And the dot com was just being commercialized. And so we grew up 
with the internet. We grew up with the technology. You didn't, Adam. Your generation didn't. And so y'all had to um, adopt those things where we grew up alongside them. We shifted alongside them. We adapted alongside them. And research just shows that young people, they they shift better. They adapt better than older people. Um, And so that's something that I think you can use to your advantage if you're a leader in your workplace. Yes. And I don't think you should expect that we're all wizards with the computer, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's yes. so funny how I go to my grandparents' house and they have a problem with their computer and they're like, hey, Will, you're young, come fix this. I don't know anything don't about know. computers, uh, but I do know stuff about adaptability. I do know stuff about shifting. And if you give me an idea, like we can run run with it. We can explore it really yeah. well. Um, and that's just something that I think all young people, we would love for you guys, older leaders, to give us some responsibilities and say, look, our company, we have a vision for this and we don't really know where to go with it or how to utilize it, but I, I think you can help us in that. Yeah, and not to be afraid to institute change because even right. what you're talking about there with the adaptability, so if you guys grew up with the internet, then you you saw Facebook that was just for just for college students. Then mm-hmm. it shifted and it became the cool place for yeah. all the kids to be on. Then the parents showed up and then you guys all shifted over to Snapchat or over to Instagram, and then it shifted over to Twitter. And then, I mean, the adaptability of even technology, learning completely new technology platforms as a way to communicate with peers and to uh, find and receive entertainment, all that kind of stuff. You guys are really, really quick and fast with that. And that is what organizations need nowadays Mm -hmm. because the speed of change is uh, almost frightening. We're all better at it right now because we're recording this in early part of 2021. Right? Yeah. Everybody had to adapt. For I sure. was amazed at my young sons who my, my sons are both on the very tail end of, of iGen, right? So they were born in 2008 and 2010. And uh, when they shifted a year ago to go from in-person school to online school, I mean, there were a couple things, but they, it did not bother them nearly as much as it bothered the parents. Right? Yeah. And then when they went back live in the fall and they had to wear masks and carry around these ridiculous shields and all this kind of stuff, and they just rolled with the punches. Right? So I think it, it's proving your point. The adaptability for the young for this young generation is there. They are used to it. Things change quickly. And so as leaders and bosses, don't be afraid if you need to change something, mm-hmm. right? And if you've got a team of young folks, then get them to help you champion that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're, uh, get them to help lead that because they're going to be really good at even how to keep people motivated in the midst of change. Right. I'm sure you guys are, are experts at being able to do that. Yeah, because so. it's just what we do, you know, especially young people in general. It's just what you do. Like your kids, for example, they're just told to do it. And they do it. They yeah. don't question it. They just, it's just what love it. young people do. We just do what we're kind of told and we adapt and shift to whatever the uh, culture deems to be necessary. Yeah. Um, and so definitely use that over this next decade as you get, uh, while we're still young and adaptable, utilize that. That's and exactly right. Mm-hmm. So I think the leader, here's what you can do. You can think about what area of, cha- uh, of your organization right now do you want to change? How can you bring somebody from iGen into that team to help navigate that? Uh, how can you bring somebody from Gen Z and just even asking them questions, what needs to change? Mm-hmm. Those would be some great things uh, to ask. And that's a way to harness this skill set right. that is there in this generation that may not be there in all the other generations. So those are some things that you can do there. Okay. And then the fourth one would be this. So you had coach us, give us feedback to our face, utilize our ability to shift. And this one was really interesting and it, it rings true. I, I and, and I think this is going to be maybe the mark of your generation I think uh, so. for positivity and good. 
and that is, uh, you know, just respecting the way you guys think about equality. Right. And so talk about that. Yeah. And I think for your listeners, this is the one where they need to really tune in because this is something that is not true to all generations. This is something that is was pretty true for millennials. And then now it's kind of matured to just the marking point of Gen Z, which is the equality. We desire equality. Every every chart, every statistic, every research shows that that is one of our priorities in the workplaces. Besides, you know, meaningful work and all that, blah, blah, blah. The next thing we all want is equality. And, you know, that's a big word. What does that mean? Well, for the workplace, it means my generation. We value equal pay among genders. We value, you know, jobs that don't care about tattoos. They don't care if you're male or female. And in secular environments, they want gender gender neutral, uh, just ideas flowing around the workplace. And these are, this is tough, Adam, because I'm thinking a lot of workplaces, they don't want to change in that area. And maybe they shouldn't change. Yeah. You know, and they're going to feel a lot of pressure from my generation of, we don't agree with your values, and if you want to hire me, you're going to have to to change. Yep. And so what would your advice be to your listeners and your leaders as there's going to be a wave of just uh, Gen Zers that are, there may be some disagreeing there on the, the values of the business. Yeah, well, number one, I think this is one of the things that excites me the most mm-hmm. about this next generation, or not the, ne- the, the generation that's here that's now just coming into the workplace, this I generation. Uh, if there's something that 2020 taught me personally, I'll just speak about my experience, was just how um, unintentionally ignorant I was to some of these issues. Mm-hmm. I'm very, very grateful uh, for the the national conversation that was out there over the last 12 months. My eyes opened up and to some things. And you didn't see many older people out on like the streets, you know, at these... right all the rallies and yeah. it was all my generation and then probably a bunch of millennials in there as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so this was new and this is going to feel threatening on certain things because you're going to think that it's going to bump up against your values and you use the right word there. I think if we were to slow down and listen to what's being said, we're going to find that there's a tremendous amount of common ground, mm-hmm. right? And we're going to mm-hmm. realize that these are not this is not based a, a lot of the desire for equality is not based in entitlement. Uh, it's based in kindness yeah. uh, and love. And uh, are, are there some extremes that may have uh, some different motives? I'm sure, right? We're all humans. I'm sure there's not everybody's doing everything out of pure motives. But I think by and large, this desire for equality is is rooted in something good. And so um, I, I think the bottom line is this, is that every generation of leaders, when the next generation comes along, you've had to learn how to compromise. It, it just is what it is. I mean, so this is this is where there's, a, you know, a, a millennial, an Xer, or a boomer is going to have to learn how to compromise and how to get along and how to figure out ways to give a little and take a little and have healthy dialogue and conversations. But I, I think in the end, this is going to make us better, right? And I think, I think what your generation is going to do here is going to help us. I've already seen how it's helped us. Uh, open our eyes to so many things that we were just, you know, either ignorant to or just so busy that we weren't even really thinking about it, you know? And it's, I'm, I'm grateful that eyes are opening to some of these mm-hmm. things right now. Yeah. And here's, here's a question for you, Adam, is because I know a lot of leaders, they, there's some things that they're willing to compromise for. And then there's some stuff that they should not compromise for. Right. And they should not just bend over backwards to whatever the young generation is yeah. asking them to do. So how do you draw the distinction between 
I want to compromise here, but not here. Where do you choose to compromise? Yeah. And I think, you know, I can point back to a couple of episodes that we've done here on Here's What I'm Saying, going back to talking about the power or the uh, problem with core values, going back to the episode that we did on Office Life 3.0 and learning to compromise. So I'd, I'd go point back to some of those to, to talk about this. And I think, so some of this is a leader is going to have to know what their core values are and be able to articulate them to know when they're possibly being violated or when they feel like they're under threat. Then at that point, then you can have a conversation, right? And, and that's, that's just what the, that's what needs to happen in all of this is that we have to not tell ourselves stories about people, not believe all the headlines, right? but actually sit down and talk to people. Um, I think that quote, and I'm going to butcher it, but I'll, I'll summarize it from Abraham Lincoln. That was, if I have ever met somebody that I don't like, I think to myself, I just don't know that person well enough. Right. I think that is such a great and relevant quote still today that if I'm hearing something, a perspective from somebody and it, I don't like it, or I start to now not like them because of what they're saying, I just need to slow down and go, I bet I don't know that person well enough. I bet if I sat down and really thought about and listened to their story and how they got to that conclusion, that would be very helpful for me. So I think leaders could do that if, if they've got um, sit down and, and talk to folks that are in iGen and go, hey, this is what you want. Help me understand that. Why? You know, what, do you have some stories that would be helpful for me to, to know that have informed your experience and your views here? Um, it, yeah. Wh- what do you think will, how will we as an organization be worse if we don't do this? What's at risk? Help me see here. This is where some of that reverse mentoring can be very helpful. Just, just see, be curious, seek to understand. And I think it'll be really helpful. That's great. That's exactly right. And I think you hit it on perfectly a few minutes ago where the equality piece i think that's another word that we often tend to go back at you know and we're like well i don't like that we don't want equality that's offensive but i think at the root of it even though you may disagree with some of the stuff that gen z is advocating for at the root of it you're right it it is they want kindness they want compassion and they just want to love each other. They want to go to work and do. They want to show up, do meaningful work with people that they care about, mm-hmm. right? And they exactly. want a team. They want team. There is so much more that I think we've got in common that we want. Right. And I think the biggest. So if we go back to even now to full circle with some of this, with the technology and headlines and twenty-four hour news media and all that kind of stuff, I just think there is such a temptation to overgeneralize some of these generations, overgeneralize sure. that are people. And the more you can have a face-to-face conversation with real humans, the better I think that's going to be. And right. so this is not efficient for our leaders, right? This isn't, this isn't efficient. It would be much easier just to listen to podcasts and watch and listen to the headlines and go, oh, that's who they are, right? right. And I know them. It's, that's not it. These are people, and you got to sit down, and everybody's got a unique story. you got to listen to it, ask questions. You can learn from them, understand their perspective. And, and I think so it take, it's going to take some time. But I think it'll be really helpful with all this. So, for well, sure. I love this list. This is great. And again, like you said, there's probably a hundred answers to this. So, what does iGen want from their leaders and bosses? Coach us. Uh, they haven't had a lot of work experience. Give us feedback to our face. Don't text them uh, feedback, right? Don't Please. Just, <laughs> don't, don't send them emails. You guys do that to yourselves all the time. You don't just send a thumbs up emoji when somebody does something good. Uh, actually, tell them. Uh, utilize their ability to shift, which, man, that is going to continue to probably be such an essential skill in this work life 3.0 and this next generation of what work and organizational life is going to look like post-pandemic, and then equality. Respect that. Have conversations. Listen to them. They've got something to say there, and I think we can all learn from that. So any final encouragement for our listeners? I think 
If you're willing to listen to Gen Z, you'll love us. We we care deeply about our coworkers. We love instead of work life balance, I think our generation is big on work life blend. Mm, and I think that's good. you will love that is that yeah. we want our life and our work to really blend together. We're not too concerned about uh, making sure we get off exactly at five, as long as we love our job and feel like we're cared for. If, yep. if you're able to blend our work and our lives, I think you'll get along with us really well. And just like you said, Adam, be open, be listening. Yep. I love it. Thank you so much, Will. It's great to be in studio with you today. Yep. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Here's What I'm Seeing. Never miss an episode by subscribing wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Today's episode, as always, was edited and mixed by the amazing team over at Sound of a Rose. You can learn more about them at soundofarose.com. That's all for today, and we'll talk to you again next time. 